Hi, I'm Sandeep Dosanjh, and joining us today for the episode of Voices of Rockman podcast is Mr. Alfred Corral. Thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. So I understand that your family have actually um, been in Rockland since the early 1920s, and you're a native Rockland yourself. Talk a little bit about that. Well, my grandparents ended up here. Um, they did migrate from Spain. In, they left Spain in 1911, and they went to the Hawaiian Islands and worked two years in the plantations, as did many other Spaniards and Portuguese during that time. And they ended up in Placer County in 1914. And in fact, uh, the corral, my father was born in the Griffith Quarry building during that time period. And then they worked for ranches and then they came to Rockland and uh, cleared some land across from Sierra College. Or today there is a Corral Alba Park and uh, there were many ranches from the Spanish and the Japanese during that time. They kind of shared the same period of time. And so I understand that you, um, your parents have, or you know, your grandparents rather have the park. So what did that mean to you that there is a park named after your family? Uh, it's, it's tremendous. Uh, it's wonderful that uh, Rockland has acknowledged uh, throughout the years, uh, you know, the different groups of people that came into Rockland. And uh, Peter Hill was very instrumental in making that happen. And adjacent to us is the uh, Sasaki Ranch Japanese, which were neighbors of the corrals. So before we uh, started interviewing, you mentioned that there were a lot of different um, immigrant families that settled here in Rockland. You touched on the Sasakis. Um, who else and which countries did they come from? Well, Rockland initially, uh, you know, we had the Native American, and then we had uh, an Irish population that came and did some of the quarries, followed by the Finnish people. And then, you, of course, you had the Chinese that came here uh, for a period of time, too, after the railroad was built. And then you had the Japanese and the Spanish that came in in the 20s. So uh, we're standing in front of um, old pictures that they're of uh, Mr. Corrales' family. So point us um, a couple of pictures of, of your relatives. Okay, well, just some of the oldest pictures here would be of, of the family at the ranch. And these are my mother and her siblings, and uh, they were there in the ranch. And this is Grandpa Alba at the ranch with his horse that actually the horse came from when they were taking apart the, the Parker Whitney ranches uh, at that time. And these are another family. This was uh, the Alba family, which is my mom. And interesting family. This is 1919. Four of the family members died of the influenza at that time. Mom and dad and the two young girls uh, within a 10-day period. It was the Spanish influenza? Yes, the Spanish uh, influenza at that time. And, you know, just other various pictures, my mom and dad. And uh, let's see if I can reference this. This is the only picture of Grandpa Corral on that side. But um, many more pictures. Yeah, there's a lot. And we're here at the Rockland Historical Museum. Uh, so I, I know 
encourage you all to come down and check it out. There's a lot of great um, monuments in this building, as well as a replica of the of a um, a quarry down um, underneath the. I don't even call it a basement, but well, it's, it's the operations and tools that they use there. Yeah, it's worth checking out. Yes. So I did also wanted to ask you about um, your time here in in Rockland. You attended Rockland Elementary School, and then you taught for 33 of your 37 years of being a teacher here for the Rockland Unified School District. What um, what have you noticed during your tenure as an educator um, helping to shape the generations that came through Rockland? Well, I noticed, of course, the growth of the population. And uh, when I attended Rockland Elementary, it was the only school grammar school at that time and it was on Meyer Street and used to walk to school from home and actually walk home during lunchtime and have lunch at home and um, so then later I you know went off to college while well, Sac State and still continued to live at home and um, just the growth and coming back as a teacher uh, it was amazing I my fourth grade and my eighth grade teacher, which later the principal, Lila Harmon, hired me. And so I came back and I'm working with teachers that taught me. And to this day, um, Gaylor Morgan, that I think you will be interviewing in a few days, was my second grade teacher. And uh, so it, the, the difference is, is being such a small family and everybody fed into Rockland at that and Rockland kind of ended at Fifth Street and then Sunset uh, Whitney came in and there was the growth has changed so much and you know many different schools and and so the community has grown and changed in that respect so um, I also wanted to ask you a little bit about um, the farming done here your grandparents um, had their own farm uh, tell us a little bit about that. Well, they came in and they cleared the land. And, you know, at that time, you know, you wanted a big family to help you out. And my grandparents, for example, the Alvas, there were uh, six children and and seven children. And the first six were girls, and then you had the boy. And so the girls had to clear the land and uh, no stories of, my mom and her sisters that went to the Rockland Elementary School, they would come home and grandma at the bottom of the property would have a snack for them and some homemade bread and a change of clothes and they went right to work on the ranches. So they cleared those ranches of the trees and they, their primary uh, was plum trees. And, but they also did strawberries because that was a quick cash crop that they could sell in town, which they did school the girls would sell strawberries and they sometimes would keep them in one of the local homes the Willard family here and uh, you know keep their strawberries until the end of the day and then they would continue to sell them so um, you also mentioned um, the other families um, had other groups that they focused on um, what other types of um, produce were farmed here within the Rockland region well Mostly the plums at that time 
would be, and I know in that region, you know, you have the Alba Ranch, the Aguilars, the Corrals, you have the Japanese, the Hori's, the Sasaki's, and the Uedas. And it was mostly plums during that time. But they all got along very well. And uh, there are stories about, you know, the Spanish had bread ovens or beehive ovens that they would bake bread in. And the Japanese would have their rice balls. And so sometimes they would trade because the Japanese loved the bread from the oven vice versa. So anyway, so lots of community efforts and and I think that's one thing that I appreciated at Rockland is just the unity of the different cultures and the people and going to school as a student and they still call me with friends. It's like when we were growing up we were friends with everybody. You know, there were all different socioeconomic levels, but none of that played into it. And uh, I think that was a real asset. I bet um, because there was only one grammar school that really helped with everyone knowing everyone. Um, But I do hear a lot here within uh, Rockland today that it's still that same feeling that everyone seems to know everyone is connected in a very um, few degrees. Um, Is that your sense as well? Yes, I mean, it's, it's, it's a real so many of the older, you know, my parents and, you know, the Roy Rufalon and the Connie D'Alvedoni and Isabel Fast, a lot of these people, uh, you know, that were always friends of mine, uh, they're disappearing. And so some of that old core is changing. And you have a lot of new people that are coming in and are interested in the history. And so I think that's just really important to get that message out there and I think you know the museum you know being a part of the community and I think you're right there is a lot of pride in it it just seems there's a different community but it's still large and you know and I remember teaching when Rockland had you know 40,000 or whatever and I said oh we just love moving to the small community at that point yeah and I'm thinking well I remember when it was a thousand that's a small community to me, but it's all relative. But I think Rockland in the area is just, that's a real asset. Um, you know, speaking of, there's a lot of new schools that have come on board since Rockland Elementary. And a lot of those schools are named after um, families of significance, like Rucolite Elementary, Harper Whitney Elementary. How important do you think it is to continue to honor the um, original group of families that um, settled here in the Rockland region? I think it's very important, and they've done an extremely good job with the park system and the parks and recs. And, you know, there's just so many, you know, you've got the Willers, the Premiers, the Rucolas, the Corrales, the Sasakis, the Gayaldos, and they've done such a wonderful job to name parks after you know, the families, the early families that were here. Great. So we do have a few other questions, so I do want to first take a moment to thank you for your time today and all all that you've done to continue to give back to the Rockland community as well as um, the visitors here to the Rockland um, Museum. 
Um, so we do have five rapid questions that we would like to ask you today. So um, it's it's a series of questions that we ask all of our guests that we've been interviewing for our podcast series. So the first question is, is how long have you and your family lived in Rockland? Well, my both sets of my grandparents uh, settled in the 20, 1920s in Rockland. And I believe they were interrupted earlier. They were living in the Penry area, but they had bought homes in town for the future. But they, I'm not sure they ever lived in them because they bought the branch and had homes built on that property. Got it. So uh, what is the biggest change that you've seen um, during your time in Rockland? Your lifetime, I should say. Well, the biggest change would be the population growth and people people discovering what wonderful places is to live. Definitely. And um, what do you think makes Rockland unique? Uh, I, I just think, well, the location and the, his, the rich history of Rockland and, you know, with the quarries and the fruit ranches and, you know, the farming and the things that happened that brought people together and all of these people got along. I mean, there, there were bumps along the road. And especially with the, you know the Chinese and you know during that period, uh, but things have smoothed out, and I think Rockland is a very welcoming place today. And um, what is your favorite hidden gem of knowledge that you would like to pass on? Uh, that's that's difficult, and I I think one thing that comes to mind is. Uh, at the Corral Alva Park, which is, the park is actually on the Alva Ranch. The Corral property was further down the road, but there's a very large boulder at the top of the park. And uh, that was the thing where the back of the Alva Ranch house would have been. And off to the side would have been the summer kitchen. And so uh, that's kind of a personal gem, but it's a, it's a, a place to go and contemplate and just look out of the view and try to imagine what that life would have been like at that time. And the last question is, if you could describe Rockland in one word, what would you choose? Opportunity. That's a great word because, you know, there's the, the quarries that were here the railroad that was here um, that still is um, and, uh, and I think it trans you know for the different cultures that were here and made it happen for their families and I think today families moving in people moving into Rockland still see opportunity definitely well thank you so much Alfred Corral thank you we appreciate your time and uh, sharing your knowledge with us you're welcome thank you